0: And he took it upon himself to create a huge statue, 90 feet tall, made of gold. It was probably a kind of portrait of Nebuchadnezzar himself. And whenever the music sounded, everybody had to bow down and worship this statue. It was erected in honour to Nebuchadnezzar's pagan gods that people used to worship at those times. And everybody had to bow down. And that's what happened, except for these three people, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And when everybody else bowed down, they refused. And they just stood there. (laughs) And you can imagine how much they stood out, how conspicuous they would have been with everybody else bowing down. And the penalty for that was death. Death by fiery furnace. Now, archaeologists, even, have discovered many of these types of furnaces. There was loads of construction went on over the whole region of Babylon. And they needed these furnaces to make bricks and to melt down limestone to get the lime to use for for mortar. And so these furnaces were all over the place. and, And archaeologists have actually found inscriptions on the side of the furnace that say say uh, what they say say prepared for those who refuse to worship the gods of the chaldeans so obviously as well as being used for making bricks they're also a convenient way to make a public spectacle of people who uh, who were not towing the line so that's was this furnace and it would have been a big cauldron often Uh, they were cut into the side of a hill, but it would have been like a big pot that was open at the top and would have had a ramp going up to the top of this furnace so that all the limestone and stuff and people could be chucked in at the top. And then down at the bottom, there would have been an air vent to uh, let the oxygen in, and there would also have been a a hatchway, a a doorway or a tunnel through which the the fire could be stoked and uh, all the stuff could be got out that needed to be got out. So that's how you have Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego could be thrown in at the top and yet King Nebuchadnezzar could sit down and see what was going on at the bottom. And this was the, the furnace. And you've got this situation where Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego are ready to be thrown in. If there was ever anybody that needed saving, it was these three guys. It seemed like there was no escape, no way out. Well, do you know that you need saving just as much? You need saving from a, a condition called sin. Sin is rebellion against God. Sin is when you say things and you do things and you think things that are in disobedience to God. And they're not the things that he would want you to say and do and think. Do you live your life without any reference to God whatsoever? Would you realise that you need saving? And you might say, well, I feel fine. Okay, maybe I don't go to church much, but but I'm happy. I'm a a good person, I do all right in life. I've got a nice family, I've got a good job. Life seems to be going alright, I could carry on living like this. I just don't see what the problem is. Well, do you know, the problem... Is your sin. And the reason that sin is a problem is because of the holiness of God. You see, there are many characteristics of God that we learn about in the Bible. But an important characteristic of God is his holiness. God is holy. And he's not just a little bit holy, he's not just a little bit good, like white and fluffy, he's not holy like a a candle. That just kind of burns and you can feel a bit of warmth. Now, God is holy like a furnace. He roars. He burns. There is intense heat. It's awesome. It's suffocating. It's melting. It's consuming. Well, Nebuchadnezzar's furnace is a good picture of God in all his holiness. Because in the Bible, God is described as a consuming fire. You see it in the Old Testament when Moses is is, uh, writing in Deuteronomy. You see it quoted as well in the New Testament as well. It says, our God is a consuming fire. And what is it that God consumes? Well, he consumes sin. And if you think that life is okay, if you think that life is going on fine, it's because you have yet... To come face to face with the holiness of God. You have yet to come face to face with his consuming fire. But you know you will. One day we will all stand in the presence of God. Like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego standing in that furnace. And it is an awesome prospect. How can we hope to survive? You know there was a a prophet in the Bible, a guy called Isaiah. He was a good bloke, and he wrote this. He said, who of us can dwell with the consuming fire? He was kind of feeling the same thing. Who of us can dwell with this consuming fire? Who of us can dwell with everlasting burning? See, God's holiness consumes sin. How can any of us expect to survive in the presence of God, in our sinful state? Like Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego on that day, you need saving. But you know, God has made a way. God has made a way. And we're going to look at that in just a moment. We're going to hand back to Rose for a minute first. Let's just think about that word consumes. Now, um, when I use the word consumes, it's usually um, equated to food. But when we think of the word consumes, it actually means intense. It means overwhelming. And that's what God's holy fire is like. It's all-consuming. It's overwhelming. Now I'm going to show you what that might be like. You might think other religions might save you. You might think, oh, I'm a spiritual person. All roads lead to God, don't they? All I need is enlightenment. I just need to uh, find the God within me. No, it's rubbish. It will all be burnt in the fire. And you have to realise what Nebuchadnezzar realised on that day. No other God can save in this way. It's God that saves you. It's him. And he does it in one way. He does it by putting Jesus with you in the fire. That's the only way you can stand in God's holy fire. It's with Jesus by your side. Now, how does that work? Well, do you know, Jesus went to the cross for you. And on the cross, Jesus took your sin. He didn't have any sin of his own. He took your sin. God's holy fire, that furnace, was directed at Jesus, his own son, on the cross. And he died. And he was buried And these baptisms that we've seen this morning, is a wonderful picture of what Jesus has done for us. That going down into the water. It reminds us, doesn't it, of Jesus dying for us and being buried for us. But that's not the end of the the picture, which I guess the people that have been baptised were glad it didn't end there. Because Jesus rose from the dead. And these people come up out of the water. And there's celebration, there's new life, there's victory over sin. So when you think about Jesus dying and rising again, you need to realise it was your sin that did that. And so that when you come to Jesus, you actually say, I am a part of that. It's partly my sin that Jesus had to die for. I did that. But then also, you get to say, I rose from the dead. And I'm a part of that as well. That life. That Jesus had that victory over death that's that's a part me as well I can take a share of that so there's no clearer statement of what God has done in your life than when we see baptism it's a great great image Romans 6 verse 4 says we were therefore buried with him that's Jesus through baptism into death in order that just as Christ rose from the dead through the, the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So for Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, this was a kind of baptism. They actually passed through death and came out the other side. In fact, death couldn't touch them. The only thing that was consumed was the ropes that was binding them. The ropes that were holding them captive. And now they were free. They were freer, actually, than they were before. They'd been saved. But only through the work of God, by the presence of Jesus, with them. Now, we baptise people by water. We don't do it by fire. That would be a bit messy. This is just a symbol. What it symbolises, what baptism symbolises, is no less miraculous than what happened to Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So you need to understand how this applies to your life. Do you know Jesus? He's not just an option for your life. He's not just a a temporary choice. Well, I think I might might give this Christianity thing a go for a while, see how it pans out. No, you need to understand the furnace. There is no other option in your life. The only way is to have Jesus with you. Only he can save in this way. I'll just leave you with a, one more thing that Isaiah said. In Isaiah 43, he said, This is what the Lord says. So this is the Lord speaking. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, when you stand in the furnace, you will not be burned. That's God's promise to you. It's God's promise to the people who have called on Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. It's the people who God has called by name, summoned by name. You know, I just believe that this morning there will be people here who God is calling by name. You've seen what's gone on this morning. You've heard what's been said. And it's like you're the only person in the room and God has been speaking to you directly. Well, God has been calling you by name and he's saying, you are mine. This morning, I want you to be mine. Well, I want you to respond to Jesus this morning. I want you to take this opportunity to say, Yeah, I realise I've been living my life without God. I realise that one day I'm going to meet God face to face. And I want to have Jesus by my side. You know, if that's you, what I want you to do is... Uh, is come and see me afterwards. I want to pray with you. I want to explain a bit more about God's love for you, how he's seen you, how he's seen the things of your life and how he longs for you to be his. Okay. But what we're going to do is we're going to sing a song, just to finish, and uh, hopefully the worship band will uh, will come now. <laughs> Let me just pray while they're doing that. Lord we just acknowledge again this morning that you are an awesome God you are a consuming fire and yet we've also seen tangibly this morning that that you're a God of love that you love us your love is high and deep and wide and then we work it out we see it's because of Jesus that you have made a way that we can be saved, saved from the fire. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you saved us. Thank you that you went to the cross for us. You took my sin on the cross. And as you rose from the dead, you said, here, have my life. Lord, we give you the thanks and the glory this morning. We thank you for these baptisms again, which demonstrate so clearly what you have done for us. The new birth that is available in you. Lord, I just pray that you'd come and rest on people's hearts, Lord. Young people, older people, those in between. Lord, I just pray that you'd stir hearts to you this morning. The rest of us, would you stir us to give you our praise, our adoration and our thanks as we do again now. Lord Jesus, amen.